0: Welcome to the Potter Discussion. Welcome back to the Potter Discussion, discussing Harry Potter, Fantastic Beasts, and the Wizarding World fandom. I'm your host, Oscar, and this is episode 149. Thank you all for joining me today on this wonderful morning. It is actually quite early here for me. I'm recording this uh, far... Before, I usually do because I have quite a busy day, but I knew I had to get an episode out, and this is definitely my, this is my routine now. So I had to sit down and uh, get an episode out to you all. So it is an absolute pleasure to be sitting here, as always, speaking to you, and thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen. Today, we are talking about Umbridge. I know, Umbridge, our least favorite character, uh, the person we all hate but luckily today we're not, this is this is not a highlight reel for Umbridge. This episode is all about why I hate Umbridge. So many things I wish I could say in this episode that I did condense down. Today we will be discussing and before we get into this episode, <laughs> I will remind you that there are a couple things you can look out for in the show notes. If you have anything to say to me, whether that be a question, a comment, or a topic want to here on the show, you can send me an email. My email is thepotterdiscussion at gmail.com. That is thepotterdiscussion at gmail.com. Or you can head over to thepotterdiscussion.com and click the contact section to submit anything that way. Or just go to thepoterdiscussion.com slash contact. Alright, let's get into today's episode. The first topic of discussion today is one that I think is kind of the overarching theme for all of Umbridge's uh, rather negative traits to her personality. And that is that she doesn't really care about people in general. She isn't married, so she doesn't have someone that she would love in that way. But she does have family, a father, mother, and a brother. So perhaps she has some affection towards them. Although it is perhaps unlikely because of the way she grew up and the person she became may have something to do with uh, a rather active household in her youth. And the minister. That is pretty much It in terms of the people that she actually has any kind of positive feelings toward, and that is a really small group. Just imagine that you all you have all your friends in a group, and you have you you pick two of them, and those are the only people you can talk to for the rest of your life. It's like that for Umbridge. She's just so isolated, and I think part of the reason for that is that she does it herself. She purposely. Tries to separate herself from the riffraff, from the ragamuffins, from the squabble of the commons people, of the laymen, and just tries to rise above. And that is a common thing to do. I mean, of course, in a job, in a professional setting, you want to rise, you want to get the promotion. But I think what I'm just trying to do is do that by pretty much giving herself that promotion, by just making it so clear that she is separate. From everyone else, making it so clear that she has her own office, that she doesn't want to talk to anyone else, that she cares about the the, the minister, that, you know, she is is the minister's right-hand officer, you know, senior undersecretary, ready to go, and that's really how she chooses to live her life, which, me personally, I would not... Want to live my life like that, and I don't, because I'm social. I like to talk to people. I like to. If you haven't had heard already from the 148 half hours I've been talking to you already, but I really like to talk to people, and I think you know the social aspect of life is one that I uh, enjoy probably the most. So imagining a life without that just seems so bleak. It's just so empty, you know? There's just, like, nothing there. It's, like, professionalism, and that's it. Of course, having a job is, I mean, vital. Most people in the world have a job, and there is unemployment and people who don't need a job. But the vast majority of people do have a a life outside of their home in a professional setting, which is awesome. I mean, making money is the way you live your life, you know? It's where you make friends, it's where you do all this stuff, and most people don't spend their entire life lives there. Which I think is why this is set apart uh, Umbridge versus the rest of the world. And I think that's that's really where a uh, very self-destructive quality is because in people like Umbridge and even someone like Percy who is very ambitious almost for his uh, too much for his own good and very separate from his family, I think it's difficult it's difficult to lead two lives. And we see him at the very end of the Deathly Hallows in the uh, in the book. He comes back to help his family and fight to Voldemort. He leaves the ministry because I think at that point he finally realized that there are some things more important than his job, and that is his family and the rest of the wizarding world, frankly. So I'm glad that Percy came around, but Umbridge didn't, and I think it was because her vision, which is something we'll also get into uh, later in this episode, she had a very clear vision in her mind and she needed to complete that vision. It was a very it was almost like an insecurity, like with her, like she had this, this point in her brain that she wanted to complete. It was far away. She needed to get there constantly. So that was what was driving her. And that is not a very good thing to be driven by. But that is a topic for later in this episode. So that is really the base for what we are going to be talking about today. The fact that she is very separate from everyone else, and she doesn't have the compassion and empathy and kindness that most people do who work at the ministry. Even some of the more sinister have a family, and they have a life, and they have friends, and they have like a, real, a real good time outside of their job. That's not the uh, uh, only way work that they rely on. And I think the perfect balance of like like the the perfect work life balance I think I was really finding when I was observing Arthur Weasley. I think he has definitely a pretty good way of doing things. And I think that is also made better by the fact that he really enjoys his job and he looks forward to going to work every day and, you know, meeting with Perkins and sitting in his office and playing with a bunch of muggle things and experimenting, and he may not get the best reputation for it. For example, people like Lucius Malfoy and even the minister at times, Arthur still very much enjoys his job. And although there are times that are stressful, for example, at the Crédit World Cup when it was infiltrated by the, by the Death Eaters, he had to work a lot. He had to go to the office a lot. But that's what he does, you know? that's That's a good thing to do, that he is not like, oh, like, I hate this, I hate every second that I am at the ministry. His job is something that he enjoys, and he has a a huge presence of a life outside of the ministry, and yes, he spends a, a very large chunk of his time, if not the majority of his time at the ministry, uh, but that's only in in, in certain uh, spaces of time, like the Quidditch World Cup, but he most of the time has about a, you know, quarter, three-quarters time, you know, in and out of the ministry, just like a a regular nine-to-five, or maybe, you know, it's more of like a a three-eighths to five-eighths kind of situation. I'm not going to get too far into it, but it's a little more than, I don't know, six, seven hours that he usually spends in the ministry every day. Of course, I have no idea, but that's basically what I got from, you know, reading the books and stuff like that. Which is awesome, because that's, you know, if you think if, if uh, you're listening are still in school, you can think that's about the time you spend in school. And even at your job, your, your 9 to 5 is, what, only 8 hours? Which is, I mean, 8 hours <laughs> is a long time. But to be at your job, to be doing a lot of different things, and as long as you enjoy your job like Arthur really does, that is not a problem. And you might even look forward to going to your job. And even if it's a, a job super far away, if you live in Southern California, and you have to get up to... Sacramento every day, <laughs> I'm sure that if you, if it was the best job in the world, you would be happy to do it, which is exactly what Arthur Weasley is doing, it's far away, the ministry, it's in London, the, the ministry is, and they live in Autore and Catchpole, which is not that close, they had to take a flying car, I don't know how long, it took. maybe like an hour there, I mean like a flying car is going pretty quickly, and there's no traffic. So in, in in uh, you know, 2,000 feet in the air, there is no traffic, luckily. So if it took that long to get away from little whinging, then I imagine that it would take a while to get to London. Of course... He has apparition, but there's a very formal way to enter the ministry, as we saw, you know, in the toilets and the tokens and everything like that. So it is a bit of a trek to wake up and just go and apparate to whatever designated point you were given, then walk, you know, all the way across town through Westminster and all that kind of, like, depending on how far away you are and depending on where the actual entrance is. I could imagine that some people have quite the stroll to get to wherever they're going. When I when I was in London, almost crazy to think that I was still in London, you know, because it's it's so sprawling. There's so many different avenues and neighborhoods and sections. There's the City of London, the City of Westminster, and there's just like it is a pretty big place. So imagining someone operating. To their point, because of course they can all operate at the same place. That's just, you know, kind of crazy. Unless it's, you know, a point that muggles use too. If it's like a a, a tube stop and there's like a closet and they can operate in the closet and then get out and no one will notice and they just do that. It's like, operate, get out, operate, get out, operate, get out. And there's like 15 of those across London that they all use. Maybe that would be a problem. That was a bit of a rabbit hole, but I hope you see my point. Arthur has a good system of going back and forth. It takes a long time, but he enjoys it, which is the important part here. He's a good balance between his life and his work. And Umbridge does not. <laughs> that was a very long circle to get her back. A <laughs> background Umbridge. I hope you enjoyed that little section, though. Uh, <laughs> but we're moving on now, back to Umbridge. Umbridge absolutely has nothing between her work-life balance. She spends so long at the ministry, and she spends so little at her actual residence. It is it is very difficult to imagine a life like that. And of course, if your home away from home was your job, like if it was this place where you had friends and fun and food and, I mean, water, I guess. That's a simple thing, but you can't live without water. <laughs> If you had all those things, if you could live there, if you could be happy at your job, it's not a bad thing to say there. It's not a bad thing at all. For example, like if if you if you really enjoy going to the basketball court, you can go to the basketball court as much as you want. Because you enjoy it there. That's where you feel happy. That's where you can be with your with your basketball friends. I don't know if there's a word for that. Or you can be getting dinner at a restaurant because you like that restaurant. Like that's fine that's awesome, I encourage you to do that, I encourage you to do stuff, but Umbridge doesn't do that, the ministry is not her place, it is not where she is living, you know, she has a house where that is, she she has a different place where she has to be, she uh, is, does not have a family, but she has responsibilities, she has to take care of her house, she has to bring the post in, she has to send owls and talk to her family if she's still on them, like we were talking about before, if all that stuff like is still there, she has stuff to do, because with, with Arthur, Molly does all that because she has time, uh, Arthur does not have time to do that, so he doesn't, but Umbridge is a one person living in, I imagine, a flat in London somewhere, and she has to take care of it, and she has stuff to do, she has to have... Food and drink stuff at her house and sleep in her own bed and sweep the floors and clean the counters and all that stuff that 's what she has to do, but she doesn 't do it i mean this is this is this is very specific stuff, but she is neglecting her house. Her, her her apartment, her flat, whatever you want to call it, in whatever region of the world you live in. She neglects her life because her work, the ministry, is all that she does. That is, that is her life. And that is something that is very self-destructive. And that's precisely why Umbridge self-destructs. It's as simple as that. So that was my ranting long version of pretty much the base and overall message of why Dumbledore wow, not Dumbledore, of why Umbridge is such a, a special character. Let's just, um, let's just say that. So uh, let's move on to some more specifics, but that is a basic overview. Let's move on. This next point is very much related to why we... Hate her so much. Just one of those little things that stands out, you know. It's like it's like loud chewing or like snoring or something that just like feel deep inside you, and you just want to punch someone, you know, like that kind of thing. That is this next point. And that is that she is very entitled. I entitled, I wrote entitled in all caps in my notebook. That that is how I remembered this point. That that is an apt description. That is the word of the day. That is an apt description of this <laughs> of of her mindset of life. She is very entitled. And if that has something to do with her upbringing, perhaps she had more opportunity than several people and she let that go to her head. Or maybe it is that she feels she has a duty because she works at the ministry to do right, to rid the world of all evil and make the world a better place, and she is the one to do that. She has the authority to do that, and you don't, so sit down. You know, that, that kind of mindset. But whatever the reason... She's very entitled and that is one of the reasons why we hate her so much because she gets satisfaction from being this obnoxious just absolute meanie to everyone else and it is such like a like a horrible scummy feeling to to see her like bullying people because she can and frankly because she wants to umbridge wants to feel superior she wants to be on top she wants to have the feeling of ruling and just going nonstop that just rhymes wow that was great that was awesome. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to remember that forever. But that is really what I'm thinking about here is that how much she is just in forward drive steamroll everything mode she is i am doing this i am better than you i am stronger than you i i have more people behind me i am part of a larger organization and you cannot do anything against me because i will take you down if you so much as lift a finger against me that kind of mentality is Again, one of her very self-destructive qualities, and it is also why she was so blind to the fact that sometimes she doesn't have all the answers, and sometimes she can get tricked into walking into the deep, dark, forbidden forest and carried away by centaurs. Maybe that is part of the reason why she is so confused by why everyone doesn't follow her, and why she feels so strongly about leading. All she can see is the path ahead. She sees none of the path markers, none of the trees, none of the rocks, none of the barriers, none of the roots that are going to trip her, none of, the, none of the mosquitoes, nothing. All she sees is forward. That's her only mode, is going, going, going. And for some people, that works. For example, Dumbledore has always has a plan in motion. He always has contacts that he is writing to, he always has, a, has an agenda, but that's good, because it is a very important agenda, oh, important for real agenda, not just for Dumbledore, important for the Wizarding World, and it also allows him to, to make the world a better place, for real, <laughs> not, not for fake, for real. And but Dumbledore also has, similar to Arthur, and kind of uh, opposite of Umbridge, Dumbledore knows how to live his life. Over his hundred years of doing stuff, he has found the stuff that he is doing rather enjoyable, which is important. I would much rather do things that I find enjoyable, such as this, than running ultra marathons, which I may not enjoy so much. So it's it's, it's as simple as that. Umbridge does not know when to stop. She does not know that maybe she does not always have to come first, that she does not have to be competitive all the time, and maybe getting a promotion over someone else is not the only path towards happiness and success. If we could just tell her that, if she could just understand that simple fact, then maybe the world would have one less entitled Umbridge. (laughs) Maybe that is where we have to go. Because that, I mean, if I had to say one thing to Umbridge, I would say, like, the world's not a revolve around you. You can bear to give someone else the, the job. You can bear to to help someone else with this instead of order them to figure it out on their own. You know, like, she absolutely can do things that are not... 100% for her, because, I mean, a saying that I really like uh, ties into this is, and the saying is, be selfish in your pursuit for selflessness, you know, you can help someone because you want to, to give them the job because you don't want, because like, you're, you're trying to be like, stay back, because you are trying to accomplish something for yourself by helping someone else. That is something that I think Umbridge has to really learn because all of that energy towards helping herself and rising up is something that she definitely can be putting towards a better use because rising up by pushing others down is not the way to go. Uh, But instead, rising up by pushing others up with her is the way to do it and it is really the way that everyone should, because everyone will be happier, and everyone will get more of what they want. This is really a, a true um, lesson about friendship here, too, is that Umbridge, which also ties back to the beginning here, the, the, the foundation, like I was saying, she doesn't care about anyone, and it's difficult for her to provide help to those that she doesn't care about, and, like, this is kind of a loop, this is like a very positive feedback loop. If she doesn't care about anyone, then she just has to keep helping herself, but she helps Herself, then no one will want to care about her, so she doesn't care about anyone, so she helps herself, and then no one cares about her, and she doesn't care about anyone, and she helps herself. It's like a endless, so she keeps spiraling and spiraling higher and, higher and higher and higher and higher, and she just keeps going down the drain of just like steel like, again, steamrolling. All these points connect. This is, I should write a thesis about this. Wow, this is great. <laughs> But all these different things about her work together in just the right way to give her a competitive edge, rather unnecessarily and quite unfairly and immorally. It also allows her to continue living her life, but it also leads to her absolute uh, combustion later. It is a balance that is very carefully kept. It's like the reg- like regulation of chemicals in your body. It is very tightly monitored in such a way that it will conti- allow you to continue living. I mean, your body could kill you in 15 minutes, but it doesn't because all the chemicals and everything in your body is perfectly balanced in such a way that allows you to keep living and for functions of life to keep happening. That is exactly what's happening with, with 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 Umbridge here. She has all the right things in place, all the, like the perfect balance of balancing on the knife edge. You know, she has her arms outstretched, she is balancing on. Her, her pinky toe of one foot on the very tip of the world's largest and sharpest knife. And she's not getting split in half. She's not falling off either edge into the abyss. Rather, she is maintaining her position. And for the better or for the worse, aka, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give you a little hint here, for the worse, she is continuing to live her life and I absolutely commend her for managing to keep her her stuff together for so long but I'm also kind of happy to see it all fall apart like I think we all were I mean the satisfaction of just seeing her being carried away by those centers like saying release me release me like tell them that I mean no harm please and she like shooting spells and and raid like that just seeing all of the things that she thinks are right the things that she thinks are are just for the world, I think, are absolutely not the things that other people think that should happen for her, rather. And it is a bit of a complicated subject. Of course, this is a more of a breakdown don't actually that's I'm gonna make that episode soon because this is this is definitely encroaching on breakdown umbridge territory. But I I'm just fascinated by this, by how she managed to keep her life in balance for so long, but also how it it became in such imbalance so quickly. This these are just such such fascinating things. And actually, I think I'm gonna cut it short for today. I I know that there is so much more to discuss here but i think i want to leave it for a future episode i've never done this wow this is exciting i've never cut an episode because i want to continue it in a different other kind of episode this is ooh this is fun so um i am going to cut it a tad short here a couple minutes early but i do hope you enjoyed this this discussion of of course arthur weasley but secondly <laughs> well <laughs> As as I try to make it uh, primarily umbrage, I think this is a fascinating topic. Like I like I've been saying, and there is a breakdown umbrage. Coming your way very, very soon. Because I am looking forward to it. Not next episode, because I think two umbridge episodes in a row is tough. But actually, if you want to hear two, two in a row, let, let me know. I mean, com. Please just tell me, because I'll do it. I mean, it's simple as that. Or if you uh, don't want to use an email, just send me a DM on Instagram. My Instagram is at... The Potter Discussion. That is at The Potter Discussion. And on Twitter at Potter underscore discuss. For more information and for contact forms, episodes, and much more, check out ThePotterDiscussion.com. All right, that is all I have for you this episode. Thank you for joining me today. And as always, remember that happiness can be found even in the darkest of times if one only remembers to turn on the light. I will see you later. Th- this was the Potter Discussion.